Are you like me? I hope you're not. Like me, I hope you're not. Most of my focus on life, with all honesty, my focus in my life is what makes me comfortable and gives me pleasure. Decisions I make, choices, will it make me feel comfortable and will it satisfy my desires for pleasure? Does it make me feel comfortable? Does it satisfy me? And too often that's sinful, selfish. But here's some good news. I like the way uh, Pastor Dr. Paul Tripp says in his writing. Here's some good news as I paraphrase. The good news is this. God the Father loves his children too much to let us live for ourselves. He is too wise. God is too loving. God is too committed to transforming his people into the likeness of Christ to let us continue in our selfishness. God is too wise. He's too loving. He's too committed for his grace to leave us to ourselves. But he he continues that work of transforming grace to make us into the likeness of his son. And Dr. Tripp continues, as I paraphrase, it is God's love. It's his care. Listen. That he brings us to discomfort. He brings us into crisis of disappointments. Those unexpected trials and test to our faith. He's too loving and caring. He brings suffering. Severe loss. Loss of health for some. For others, loss of income and finances. To some, he brings the loss of a relationship. And the result is separation (coughs) with family. He even brings the loss through death. Listen, God gives his children... (coughs) What we need, not what we want. He knows what we need in order to make us more like his son. And often that means not giving us what we want. And then this quote by Pastor Tripp. God cares enough to break our bones in order to capture our hearts. God cares enough to break our bones in order to capture our hearts. That's what we need to hear. 
And that's what God's people of Peter's day needed to hear because they're suffering. We, together, as a family, as a community, we keep coming back to this great small letter of 1 Peter. The context and setting is this. God's people are suffering. They are refugees. They're running for their lives. They've had to leave home, many of them, and employment and income and family. And they're refugees. They're in a strange land, and they're trying to survive. And their passion is to love and obey Christ in their crisis. And God the Father wants to offer them encouragement for today, help for today, and hope for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow is for them. That's the reason for 1 Peter. Help for today, hope for tomorrow, that will bring joy to God's people. That's the ultimate end outcome, goal, is through Christ in your crisis to experience the greatest joy possible. That's repeated throughout here. Joy and gladness means crisis and death that will honor Christ. These few verses we're seeing today, these wonderful, wonderful truths that are before us. And I'm saying, why hard times? Why hard times? Why does he make life hard for us who are his? Why? He gives us four very important reasons why hard times. Number one, he calls us who are his. Look at this word. Beloved. Beloved. God cares for his family so much with a perfect love. He begins by that one word, beloved. You're my beloved sons and daughters. Understand that. As you're going through your suffering, as you're going through your loss, as your world is being broken, you're his beloved if you're in Christ. What is necessary to become among the beloved? I love that word. That's what God calls his sons and daughters who are in Christ, he begins by saying, you're my beloved. How do you become a part of the beloved? First, experience the work of the Holy Spirit to bring life. It's the Holy Spirit that breathes life and awakens us to our need of Christ. So what's necessary? To enter into the beloved family, number one, repenting of sin. And we can only repent of our sin when we see our need of Christ. We repent of our sin. What's, what does that mean? It means we see our sin. We accept responsibility for it, our sinfulness. We accept the responsibility, and we begin turning to Christ. That can only come as the Holy Spirit first breathes life into you, awakens you, and you begin seeing your sin. How do you enter God's family? Among his beloved, 
You repent and keep repenting of your sin. Repenting from disobedience toward Christ. Secondly, resting in Christ for your acceptance. Resting in Christ and Christ only to make you acceptable, to make you a daughter and a son. We don't make ourselves acceptable. You can never be good enough. So God wants you to understand how you are in him. If you're in him, he calls you first his beloved with a perfect love. Listen, it's impossible for God to love his sons and daughters more than he does. It's impossible. It's that perfect love. It's impossible for him to love you less than he does. We can grieve his Holy Spirit. We can make him sad. We can grieve his spirit. We can quench his spirit. But that does not affect his love for his sons and daughters. That's good news. And it's based upon the obedience of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. For all he's chosen and elected, he calls you his beloved. We begin with that wonderful truth. Understand it. That one word and all its implications, beloved. God's care for his family with a perfect love. Secondly, God the Father allows his family to experience severe suffering and pain. Do you want to live within his family? Do you want to live as one of his beloved sons and daughters? Then understand this. God loves his sons and daughters too much to leave us where we are. And so he takes us through severe suffering and pain. Look at verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised. At the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. Don't be surprised. Expect it. It's part of his way of sanctifying us, of changing us, of breaking us from our independence on ourselves to confidence and dependence on him. Don't be surprised. Expect it. What? Fiery trials. Fiery testing unto your faith. Fiery. Descriptive. Fire hurts. Fire is not comfortable. It's not something we naturally want. Fiery trials. We don't like it. But he knows we need it. We need it to break us. As Paul Tripp says, to break our bones, to capture our hearts. Aren't you glad God is clear? He's clear. He's up front. He wants us to know what it's like to follow Christ. Fiery trials. But where does it take us? Look. Look. 
verse 13, to joy. To joy. But rejoice as you share Christ's sufferings. There is joy in allowing you to identify with Christ's suffering. Christ suffered not only physically and medically, but emotionally when he said to the Father, Father, why? 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 He suffered. Separation from the Father for our time. Why have you forsaken me? He suffered. But he did it because of the joy. That's what Philippians tell us, tells us. For the joy set before him. He knew there was joy and gladness in going to the cross, in being rejected by the Father, in being rejected by his family, in taking sin upon himself. He knew there was joy. He went to the cross. Christ, thank you. Verse 13, rejoice, family, insofar as you share in Christ's suffering. Listen, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Why does he take you? His family through such pain to give you joy, to make you glad in Christ. Verse 14, if you're insulted, insulted for the name of Christ, you're being blessed. He wants you to have joy, gladness, and he wants to bless you. Insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the Spirit the Holy Spirit of glory of God is resting on you. Wow. That's the reason he takes us. And he crushes our bones to capture our hearts, to give you joy, gladness, blessed, that the Holy Spirit is upon you. This is the same that was said in chapter 1. Look at chapter 1. Go back to chapter 1, verse 6. Chapter 1, verse 6. In, if you, in this you rejoice. In what? Your salvation, your inclusion into the family. Having him call you and convert you and make you his own, you should rejoice in this. Look, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you're being grieved. You're being grieved by different various trials to your faith. He's trying your faith. He's testing it. Because your faith is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire but listen, when he tests your faith, he's proving the faithfulness of Christ on your behalf. When he's testing your faith, it is to prove his faithfulness. Look, 
may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why? Why does he break our bones, as Paul Tripp says? Why is he after our hearts? To show the faithfulness of Christ that will bring you joy, gladness, that you're being blessed, and that he receives glory and honor and praise. God never, ever wastes the pain upon his children. He never, ever wastes the pain and suffering of which he gives and allows for his children. I like this warning. I need it. Look at the third truth, he says. The third truth, as God's children, make sure your suffering is for the right reasons. When, you're go- when he's breaking your bones, make sure it's for the right reasons. He's warning us. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Don't think that just because you're suffering, quote, as a Christian, you're pleasing him. When you're meddling in someone else's business, when there's theft, when there's stealing, when there's hatred in your heart against another. That's what the word murder means. It could be murder, but even hatred. You think you're suffering because you're following Christ when it's really it's that hatred in your heart. You think you're suffering for Christ when it's really you're engaged in evil behavior. And it's not because of Christ. It's because of the choices you've made. Evil, sinful behavior, attitudes, words, hatred, theft. Don't think you're suffering for Christ when sin is more important to you than Christ. Like that warning, we need it. Oh, then lastly, lastly, look at this fourth truth from just these few verses of why does God crush our bones in order to capture our heart? Again, I'm using the phrase. Wonderful summary by Dr. Paul Tripp of what God does. Number four, look, God is capable to persuade his children to respond to these hard times with joy and gladness, trusting in Christ. That's who Christ is. He is able to take you through your hard times to bring you to that place of such joy 
and gladness to grow and increase your trust in Christ. Verse 13. But rejoice, rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, as you are identifying with his sufferings, that you may also what? Rejoice and be glad. When his glory is revealed, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Why hard times? To give you joy. To give you gladness. Blessed. And so that Christ receives glory and honor and praise. Christ, you're worth this. You're worth, you're worth this suffering. You're worth this rejection. You're worth this loss. You're worth it. And thank you for the joy. And family, when you and others are experiencing that suffering, please remember verse 19. Let those who suffer according to God's will, not because of your sinful behavior and claiming it's for Christ when it's not, but when you're suffering according to God's will, what do you do? You entrust your soul to the faithful creator. And you keep doing good. You keep doing good. Out of gratitude. Therefore, verse 19, let those who suffer when you're legitimately suffering rejection, bullying, hard, difficult times for Christ, entrust your soul to the faithful creator. Father, you're our creator. We're yours. And you know what you're doing. We entrust our souls to you. And we want to keep obeying you. Where should this take us? The more we're grasping this, the more we're grasping. Not that we grasp it all now. But, folks, this is where he's taking us. This is where he's taking us. So that after you go through that severe trial, the deepest of pain and crisis and rejection, as he's bringing to you joy and gladness and you're seeing you're among his beloved He's your creator. He's allowing this. He's permitting it. You're entrusting your soul to him. This is where he's taking us, to that place where we say, God, the Father in Christ, you are good. You're good. You're good, God. You're a good father. Secondly, Father, Everything you allow. Secondly, everything you do is good. You're good. And everything you do is good. 
Thirdly, Father, everything you allow and permit is for the good of your family through Jesus Christ. That's the summary. Acknowledging he's good. Secondly, everything he does is good. But to bring us to that place, the crushing of your life, the crushing of your bones, the disappointments, the hurt, the pain, the rejection. Everything you allow and permit in the lives of your children is for our good. For this is the way you bring about real joy and gladness. This is what it means to be blessed by God the Father. This is what it's like to live in his family. We entrust our soul to you. This will bring you help for today and hope for tomorrow. And may you experience this and may you share these truths with others as they are being crushed. As Christ is working in others to capture their hearts.